0: I'm engaged, you know. Oh, congrats! Smiling. Yeah, living the That's dream. That's amazing. <laughs> I like
1: the uh, the toilet paper magazine. Thank- um, oh,
0: over there, thank you.
1: Yeah,
0: he got me that as a it was an early birthday present because my birthday is this month. And um, oh my god, I'm excited for this! Hello and welcome to the Carson Daily Show, the crypto culture talk show that nobody asked for. I'm your host, Carson Daly. I am here today with Slime Sunday, the digital collage artist calling in from Salem, Massachusetts. Slime is known for pushing the limits of what is deemed appropriate by the mainstream media. His creative exploration of censorship happens at the intersection of the bizarre and erotic. Though he often has had his work banned from social platforms, he's amassed quite a large following. His influence and style is also highly favored and collected in the crypto art and NFT space. He's also one of the realest people I've had the pleasure of getting to know and befriend. Mike, welcome to my show. Happy to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, Carson.
0: So fun. Um, How are uh, you? This is sick. Oh, good. Are you doing good? good. I'm good. It's a weird time right now. Like... So I just felt I'm like, how are people doing really like it's a very strange time. So I just want to know if you're good.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely like it is weird. I think like the last you know two years when the market was doing extremely well, like we all just worked so hard, overworked ourselves. And I think when the bear mar- market hit, it was just like the culmination of everything just like you know, working super hard markets down, it's like super depressing time. But, you know, like, I think a lot of people are starting to get back into the swing of things. And like, you can see now with like, how the markets, you know, there's so many people releasing art and people collecting again. So it feels like an exciting time again in the space, you know,
0: totally. Yeah, there is definitely some there's optimism, like there's a feeling of optimism. And like, even in our house, we've been having these like, kind of discussions like disagreements sometimes like it's a really good feeling sometimes it's a really bad feeling it's just like how like obviously you know I live with an artist and I live like both of us have experienced these kind of waves in the market and the highs of JPEG summer and kind of the lows and the burnout and all of that and you know the biggest challenge I think is like motivating and like motivating yourself and trusting yourself to like jump back into it without fear and reservations and hesitations and all of that. So it's a good I mean it's they're good problems to have. So
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, definitely. I want to say so we met for the first time in person at your Phillips auction house show reception which we're going to talk about in a little bit um that was in the summer of 2021 right it's hard to remember (laughs) okay i know it
1: really is it's
0: like all the the time is blended but we kind of got to become friends at least like i i thought of us as friends through clubhouse yeah absolutely (laughs) and the clubhouse era is such a fucking it's such a mind fuck and i want to ask you because i have tried to explain it and I don't know if I'm very good at it. Like, can you please like, let me know from your perspective, like what was happening on Clubhouse? What happened there? What the hell were we doing? How did it happen? Like, just try to explain that, that time of our lives to me, please. Because I'm still trying to I think to wrap it my was like,
1: I think everyone was just, you know, stuck in their homes because of COVID had nowhere, no way to like interact with people. And everyone was just like, let's just hop on this clubhouse and get drunk together and talk about shit. You know, it was like people like venting their frustrations about the state of the world.
0: Literally. And then it just somehow is like NFTs, like is like a thing. And there I remember being in rooms with like nine people like where you and Blau were. And then it would be like, oh, there's 25 people. And then there's 40 people and all of a sudden there's like three thousand fucking people like it how did that snowball happen like what 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 was that
1: (laughs) i think it was just like you know it was the perfect time for nfts to become a thing number one because you know people everything became digital you know we were experiencing the world very digitally no one was outside you know hanging out with people it was like everyone was kind of just like sucked into their computer and that time made for like the perfect culmination of nfts to become popular and i think once you know a lot of artists especially artists with big names started getting involved in nfts you know the word just spread about how popular they became and you know it just exploded i guess and then obviously with people doing that large sale that kind of you know really made the world understand that digital art was a cool thing and you should collect it
0: 100 percent. how like because obviously i remember those clubhouse rooms and like being in like drop rooms for you and justin and like being in drop rooms for ryan and all you know Jay and silva like how what what was what changed like what has changed for you specifically since then like obviously the markets changed a lot like there was a massive high and like bull run that kind of happened after that and then you know, as we've already talked about, like we've kind of been in this low moment. Like, what would you say the the one like biggest differences between that moment in time and like your drops then and your production then versus you know what's going on right now, or even your most recent kind of endeavors? Or yeah, drops?
1: I mean, I had a pretty successful career before NFTs. So you know, once NFTs started, I kind of like neglected. You know, like my social media presence so I've been focusing a lot more on just releasing art again out to like my fans and stuff and you know trying to create new things make things more affordable and available to people like you know print drops and and stuff like that instead of focusing so much on you know the NFT market I want to start focusing on ways to kind of bridge the digital and the physical together so that's kind of like you know what I'm working on now and you know, doing more like physical, digital related things.
0: Well, I was going to bring that up like later on, but we'll talk about it now because you have a print drop tomorrow, which by the time this episode goes out, it'll probably have passed. I'm sure it's going to sell out. I'm going to get one for fucking sure. (laughs) Um, But what I love (laughs) about this drop is like, because I've been seeing, you've been posting about, about it like the last week or a couple weeks or whatever. Like I part, I did the vote on which one to do, which that was literally such a close vote. But what I love about oh, it's it. So it's like 50-50. <laughs> like literally exactly 50-50. What I love about it though is that yeah. you positioned it and like marketed it as like a physical Product drop, like a physical print drop, and then it wasn't until like today or yesterday that I saw you were like, oh, also, it has a digital component. Like it has this NFT component. That's that to me is like really fucking cool. Like I think that so many, a lot of people are are that is flip flopped from what like the kind of traditional format is right now. With like you sell the NFT and then you get the print or whatever. Where you're. You know selling the print with to buy with eth and you're getting like a, a token attached to it can you like explain the mechanics and like the tech behind this drop
1: yeah so for for years i've just been using like certificates of authenticity you know like a paper certificate and i don't like i don't never know what happens to those like i buy you know prints from artists all the time it comes with a certificate and then i just like either i get it framed and it's like behind the print somewhere or it just ends up in my desk like crumpled up and you know i never see it again so i've been seeing a lot of um people use nfc chips to for like certain redeems and stuff but there's a way like you know you can use them to attach all the data to the print instead of using like a certificate so you know, we're, we're building these custom chips with Verify, and, you know, it's going to just be stuck on the back of the print. And you can literally go up to it, scan it with your phone, and it will show all the data, the NFT data. So it's acting like a certificate of authenticity. You know, like you get the NFT as the image, and then that data will be attached to the print. So it's just a better way to authenticate prints. You know, and if, if you like go to rip it off, it'll destroy the data and everything. So it's not like you can just take it and put it on another print. know it's a way to really verify these physical goods in a digital way and i think moving forward it's a good way for a lot of artists to start verifying their their physicals you know
0: absolutely yeah i love it i think that it it, to me like i'm i'm like why doesn't everybody like do this or use this like over the weekend we just bought a i know a, a pure evil print and like even that i'm like Oh my God. Like I love buying art, like seeing it in a gallery and, and buying it. Like it's something, an experience that I've had maybe like three times, like, because I'm pretty like young and fresh into like my art collecting career. But I love like the physical, I love looking at something, but I also love the technology that's available to have that certification, that authenticity and that kind of mark of, of ownership. So it's awesome. Um, what's your I mean, I so I want to ask this a little bit like off book for me, but I remember meeting one of your collectors like in New York at the F- Phillips party and he like got into nfts through you like followed you on social like was a fan was already like collecting your art i'm pretty sure and then became onboarded to nfts like what is the would you say like you have had a lot of success in like onboarding people or your art specifically having a lot of has had a lot of success in in like kind of converting people over to the nft space
1: yeah i think definitely i also think like you know with the social media presence that i had that once i started releasing nfts it got a lot of other artists involved as well um because you know i was very early with justin um and you know many artists have come up to me and said like yo you know like people reach out to me all the time i won't say specific names but you know, some, you some big guys were want. like that are doing doing very successful now, you know, reached out to me at the time and were like, yo, am I doing this NFT thing right? Like, what am I supposed to do? So, you know, that that's kind of like the word of mouth thing that that happens. And especially when you have another big artist like Beeple Drop, you know, people other artists are like, Oh, I can do this too. So, you know, that onboarding of artists was a big part of it. And then when it comes to collectors, definitely. You know, many people have reached out to me and been like, become obsessed with NFTs through seeing what is possible with it. um
0: Very cool. Love but at it. the same
1: time, like, it's still very difficult to onboard people from you know Web two yeah. because there is such a hurdle with
0: such a fucking the way hurdle. things
1: are with the metamask setup and everything.
0: Hundred yeah. percent, and it's
1: like if you really want to like, if it, it probably takes like a solid like week. To learn how to do everything and then after that you know you still have to learn a bunch of other shit so it's definitely not easy to like just switch somebody over to to crypto
0: 100 hopefully
1: this print drop that i'm doing
0: i got a vape delivery
1: is gonna help sorry <laughs> oh nice <laughs> yeah i think i think like you know people always ask me to do prints so i'm hoping that you know because we're selling this in eth that You know some new people will try to figure it out
0: absolutely um i like just want to say it's so hard i talked about this in a an interview that i just recorded like i set my mom up a wallet a while ago when she came to visit me when i was out in la and it literally took me multiple hours to like set up her wallet Get everything ready, like get get her ENS domain, all of this shit, like set all of that up. I was like, I'm good at this, like I would consider myself proficient yeah. here, and it's so difficult. And it's like, I still would never, like, I'm not gonna like give her the seed phrase because, like, I mean, I'm not gonna give her the keys to that because what's she gonna know? She's not gonna know what to do with it. Like, there's still such a barrier to entry, but I think like there's something that we always talk about too is like if you make the product good enough like if you are fulfilling like a want and like an ask from your community you know it will ent- it will entice some people and like sometimes it is that repetition like you said with the prints like it might be the third or the fourth print that you release where somebody's like all right fuck it i'm gonna rip the band-aid off but you know it doesn't get easier which exactly. is like one of the fundamental issues like yeah like i might get easier. like
1: five to ten people <laughs> yeah exactly and, like i might get five to ten people from this drop that like you know we had so many like thousands of votes maybe like five or ten of those will like convert to using crypto i
0: fucking hate that i feel so like
1: that's much. what i feel like that's what it is you know
0: 100 percent. it's like people are all talk they're literally all talk but like it also can you blame them like i don't know i think if it weren't no. if i weren't in the position that i had been in if i didn't have super plastic and clubhouse and all of that stuff like would i have like, I didn't even know what I was doing back then. Like, I, when when we were talking about things on Clubhouse, like, I'm pretty sure ETH was, like, $300. Like, if I knew what the fuck was going yeah. on, I would have literally, like, poured whatever life savings <laughs> that I had. But it was clueless. Exactly. Like, everybody was, you know, everyone was just trying to, like, do what they could at that time. Um, I want to ask you about, like, community because it's such a triggering like word for me right now, like now it is, but it was something that was like so important, like a, a, a pillar to like NFT, yeah. it, like the NFT space and to the conversations and all of that. Like, what have you found, like what major changes have you found in like how people define community and what community even means in the Web3 space now versus like December 2020?
1: Yeah, I mean, number one, it's very easy to get a community to, like, turn around and start hating you. Um, so I think, like, it depends on, like, how you want to define community, how you, like, set your community up. You know, like, early 2020, it was kind of just about collecting art. And then, and for me, I've always kept kept it that, tried to keep it that way. like. You buy my art if you like it. If it doesn't perform well, you know, I'm sorry. That's the best I could do. Like, I just gave you, you know, like you bought my art. Um, but then, you know, there was a moment where community came about like roadmaps and offering, you know, telling people what they were going to get if they bought into something, you know, and, I, and like making that community jumper switching to that mindset kind of set like started to set up a lot of like backlash from people and it became very toxic and and negative you know like with just the nft space in general i think kind of that's what ended up happening so yeah going forward i think you know more artists should try to position it and make it less about the speculative side of art and just like if you like the art buy it type of thing 100
0: you know? how did you how have you like protected yourself from that like backlash or from even just like feeding into you know that criticism and whatever of like people's expectations in this space have somehow become like make me money like you like the art like as an artist like i buy your work and like make me money now like it's no longer about that like how what have been your strategies or like maybe you've had some pitfalls or experiences where you've been like you know this is completely fucked, and i don't want to do this anymore but you know how how do you kind of navigate that yeah personally
1: i i mean there's always going to be people that are angry at you no matter what you do um but you just, I, I try not to like feed into any of that energy or give them any attention if they're, you know, complaining about me not making them money or, you know, those, those are the type of people who are just buying the work to flip it and be speculative about it. But I give a lot more attention to people who genuinely care about the art. And it's, you know, you have interactions with those types of people. You talk with them as much as you can. And, you know, you, you, give them all the attention in your community servers. Like if you're on discord, you know, you just taught, you know, those are the people that you feed into and give energy back to. So anyone that's like negative towards me, I just don't give them the time of day. And then, you know, when, when the whole like PFP movement was happening, it was very hard to sit on the sidelines and like not want to get involved in that. So, you know, for a while I pretty much stayed out of it. And then when I did do like, a big drop i didn't make it about you know the speculative side of things it was more about like like when i did slime shop which was like my version of you know the way the market was going at the time it wasn't about like flipping and collecting art it was more about like an ex- giving a user an experience you know like building a piece of artwork from scratch you know maybe you don't get the rarest layers, but you still have the opportunity to create something and see what it's like to make collage, you know, it's not like buy this and flip it. Like it's just more of an experience, you know? So everything I try to do is like more about the art than it is about the, the speculative side of things.
0: I think it's awesome. Like you clearly have good boundaries, like whether it's like intentional and you're aware that you're doing that, like you have created these like kind of boundaries around yourself and your work. And I think it's it's really admirable and like also it's super mature. And it's something that I think is really hard for a lot of people in this space to do, like a lot of other artists to do, because, you know, how can you not take things personally? like when you're putting your artwork out there, when you're participating, when you're giving your all to this space, like that's a piece of you. And also like we were just talking about this today, like artists, like artists deserve to have an income. (laughs) Like, why is any other career or lane like more worthy of, of making money? Like, why is a doctor more worthy of making money than an artist? Like, but everything like people in this space are so quick to be like critical about funds. And I think it has a lot to do with like there's some toxicity around it being so public and being on chain and all of that. But, you know, above all, I think like artists deserve to make money. (laughs) And it's like, so what if you're going to continue to drop art? So what if you're going to have like a new project or whatever, or if you didn't, if your last project didn't perform as better as, you know, as well as one before it or something, it's just, yeah. Anyways, thoughts on that reflections.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, I've definitely been down on myself in the past in situations where things haven't gone to my expectations, you know? And I think that happens all the time. You know, you you have these expectations of how something's going to perform, and maybe it doesn't do as well as you thought you would, or, or you thought it would. But I mean, you just have to kind of like recover from those situations and try to do something better. And you know, people are going to complain all the time if a project doesn't perform to its expectations. But, you know, people, you know, like, we can't predict how these things are going to happen. Like, you can put all all of yourself into a work, and you think it's going to be amazing. And then, you know, people end up buying it, and it goes to shit. And that's not your fault. You know, like, it's just about, you know, just learning from those mistakes. And, and then the next time go around, you do something better. Yeah. That's 100%, 100%. That's what it's kind of about, you know
0: definitely i also think that like there is the expectation that people are going to even like remember like if you made how much you made in your last drop compared to like your next drop or your upcoming drop like i think that every every drop every new piece of art like every moment it is a moment in itself like it is a new chapter and and there are outside like contexts and and forces that are going to change things like whether there are collectors active whether there's liquidity and like the market like you can't I think it becomes really hard not to attach like your self-worth to like your your the worth of your work like it's it's really difficult is yeah, something that like I don't exactly. know what I would be able to do. I don't know that I'd be able to do it like it's really hard <laughs> but
1: I mean the, like what's going on right now with with open editions is really interesting because from the you know the very beginning it was all about not saturating the market with your work and now we have all these artists like saturating the shit out of the market. but I think it's more about people, giving people the opportunity to like collect the art with no speculation in mind. Like at least that's the, the way that I'm going about it. It's like number one like this this print drop I've been doing has been in the works for a couple months now. I mean, this is I just felt like this was the time that we had to drop it because you know, there's a lot of excitement with NFTs again and you know, but like setting yourself up to release in this market I think it's more about giving people the opportunity to collect at a lower price point without any speculation being involved because i think like a lot of people at least from in my opinion are like okay i'm gonna buy this but i probably won't make a lot of money on it but i do want to like especially with the mad dog drop it's like who everyone wants to own a mad dog like this is the perfect opportunity for you to own one and you may not make any money from it but it's going to be in your wallet like you have a mad dog now so i think a lot of people are looking at it in that way
0: i've always i totally agree and to me like it kind of reminds me of how i've always felt about like artists doing pfp projects so like Actual artists, like not like a group of of crypto degens, like in somebody from Fiverr or whatever, like running a script, like artists doing PFP projects. I always I always interpreted that and saw that as like, oh, this is just a, a different entry point. It's like. My go-to analogy is like you can go to the Gucci store. You can buy like a three-card Gucci, you know, wallet, car, a three card, a three-card holder for like three hundred fifty dollars or something like that. Or you can buy like a Diana, like a legacy Diana bag at Gucci for eight thousand dollars. Or you could go to a Gucci runway show and have something for a hundred thousand dollars. Like there's different points. And all of those points have like one common denominator, which is that it's Gucci. Like it's part of the brand. It's part of that that identity and and it gives you that sense of belonging whether you have the three card holder or you have the the fashion show you know runway looks like you're going to feel a part of it in your own way and i think that pfps created that opportunity cr- pfps created that opportunity for artists but because there was so much speculation because there was so much you know, demand or like it just looked like people were printing money or making money from PFPs, like that's where it kind of all started to fall, you know, to shit. And I think like maybe open editions are actually this new entry point to have a different tier, a different level of collector in your kind of collector ecosystem.
1: And I think it's important this time around because obviously we learned some things from the past about minting a bunch of shit and it not going well that, you know, a different mindset be taken when we're buying these things that, you know, don't look at it as speculation. Like if you want to own a big artist's work, you have the opportunity, but you're likely not going to make any money off of it. So I think, you know, hopefully the people buying these things are thinking about it in that way i saw a tweet the other day it's like somebody i forget who it was he said like let's see how many people actually care about the art and then a link to the open edition because they're buying it because you know like just buy it if you like the art there's yeah. just don't attach any speculation towards it and hopefully that's the mindset that people are taking with these things
0: totally i like how you were like well i think people kind of just realize that nothing like they're probably not going to get a return like those days are probably over like we're kind of all like okay so we all agree like we fucked it right like we fucked it like we this is our fault (laughs) like we degent and we gambled and we you know we're living in the the like glory days and we weren't recognizing it we thought ETH would never the ETH tap would never run dry so now we're all kind of just like okay well exactly I guess we should just go back to like collecting for the art (laughs) like whatever I think it's it is poetic and also like much deserved like we deserve (laughs) we deserve to be here it could be like the The correction, like that, we need to get back out on top. Like you just don't. Yeah, I think
1: people are like excited again. You know, like I I see a lot of excitement out there about NFTs, and obviously there's some angry people out there as well with being mad for artists minting a bunch of stuff. But I mean, I think you know the way I'm thinking about it is like I want to get a print into people's hands, and I think that's an experience people will enjoy, like being able to get a print, hang it up in their house, see it every day and own the NFT as well. So that to me is more of like an experience, you know, like attaching the physical to the NFT, like it's gonna end up in your house. So you'll see it every day and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, That's the mindset I'm taking here. And you know, there's some people will always still speculate on the art, but I think a lot of people are gonna buy this just for the, the experience. 100%
0: people are going to be pissed off and critical of like what anybody does no matter what like everyone again this very thing i came up today in conversation is like everybody is a rug artist everybody's a scammer like everybody is a cash grabber like that's what we do it's like tag you're it if you don't get me the return that i expect to change my life i've got one i've got three insults i can throw at you and it's like like (laughs) if that's the worst, is that the worst that you can do? Like that's the worst they can do. Like it's, it really doesn't have to like affect or impact life that much. Like just carry on because it's gonna happen. Like there's always gonna be reply guys. There's always gonna be people in your fucking discord futting you. Like it just has to get to a point where you're like, whatever, who cares?
1: And just, yeah, not feeding into the negative energy. 100%.
0: Okay. I want to talk about um, revenge of the nation state because it was so fun and cool. And I told you this in a tweet and I think a DM like it was the first time in so many months, like more months than I can remember where I was like, I got the email. We were like, literally, I don't know, was it a Sunday night or something like random like that? It was
1: either Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. It was
0: like, nothing's going around
1: chilling at their house. Exactly.
0: I got the email and I was like, oh my God, in 30 minutes, like slime is going to have a stealth drop. It's it was free. How many seconds was it again? It was literally so fast.
1: I think it was 30. Minutes? Yeah, 30, 30 seconds. seconds. And I was like, no, it was 30 seconds, 30 it.
0: seconds. I was like, <laughs> I got my computer like I had to plug it in. I had it open. He was like, make sure you check your make sure you check all your settings and your blockers and stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. Like this feels fucking fun again. Um, I didn't mint one, but I got one from Mike grill shout out, love him. Um, which was fucking amazing. I want to ask you though, like it didn't, even though it was an awesome experience, like from where I was sat, I loved it, it. It didn't come without its challenges, right? Like what happened? Like, can you explain that job? Can you explain what happened? Can you explain what happened with open yeah, Cause I tried uh, to explain that. Like, I just need to know like what the fuck went down. So,
1: so we dropped it. We dropped it on Nifty Gateway, and at the time, the market was—you know—it was still in the shit. So we didn't expect that many people to actually show up. There was, I guess, there was like seven thousand people all clicking buy at once. So
0: the site just
1: couldn't handle it, and it (laughs) and it just crashed in the middle of the sale. And yeah, we had a lot of angry people like that didn't end up getting one.
0: People were like, Oh my god, it's bought it. I was like, Oh my god, here they come. Like, why aren't you celebrating that like Nifty crashed? Like, remember when Nifty used to crash and people would be like, Yeah. Nifty crashed. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? We broke
1: Yeah, we broke Nifty Gable. Literally, literally. That's what happened is we broke it again. And, you know, but I think the fact that not everybody got one was what made it exciting again you know it was like i got one and you didn't like kind of situation yeah. and that was like kind of where all the excitement was it was like it was free number one so if you didn't get one like you shouldn't be that angry like if,
0: definitely you know, like, fair point for- <laughs> valid, very valid. <laughs> very valid
1: like it was literally free so i understand you you know you sh- you're pissed you didn't get one but don't take it out on me because. It was zero dollars. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, the site crashed and there's nothing, you know, that's out of my control. But I'm I'm honestly really happy with how it ended up. We ended up minting like 700, which is great.
0: How many did you think you were going to do? Like, did you have an idea or like, did you have a
1: goal? My goal was to like be under a thousand. Like I didn't want to over mint it. Like I didn't want everyone to get it because I wanted it to be 30 seconds. That that was the, yeah. the mindset there. It's like, yeah. if I do it in 30 seconds, we won't overmint. mint. Um, but the fact that 7,000 people were like all pressing at once and trying to buy this thing, like it could have been, could have been bad. Like, yeah, could have like saturated <laughs> the shit out of
0: <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So honestly, like
1: the site crashing the site crashing was like kind of like in my favor yeah. like it really helped me out like we only 700 got minted so yeah that's great
0: yeah if it had worked perfectly it'd be a different situation right now for sure well yeah. it it makes me of- yeah it makes me think like because we had a conversation with nifty gateway not long not long ago talk about like kid eights drop and i asked them i was like how many people like I was I think I literally said is anybody buying NFTs right now like I am looking at your nifty I'm looking at Nifty's numbers like I'm seeing that like very few people are having open editions or whatever go over a thousand mints. like it's you know just where are the people and they're like well our email list is like up to 400,000 people and I was like I don't think so but then like I hear that there's 7,000 people like people are still lurking like they're still in the shadows like waiting to see what comes out and I think that's exactly it's bullish like that's good news but you know look at nests like over the weekend like look at these these open editions. like are really going crazy I think people are hungry like they're they want some excitement
1: people are out there.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, a
1: lot of things have changed. obvious Obviously, with Nifty Gateway two years ago versus where it is now. But I, I mean, their email list is probably at that point of four, you know, like the amount of people that went and collected on Nifty Gateway is massive. It was Nifty Gateway was the pretty much the number one platform for artist drops for a solid two years. But you know, things have changed. The market changed and nifty is in a different position now um but yeah i mean four hundred thousand emails i'm sure because when we did that drop i'm sure they sent it out to everybody and that's why there was such a big rush yeah. to get to get 100
0: okay so what happened um with like your manifold contract and the royalties and open for that for revenge of the nation state
1: yeah that because I was I trying to follow, it out, I
0: was trying to follow along with that, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what is happening here?" I
1: still don't. I still honestly don't even. I I don't even know. So I have you been I, able I to get the get royalties?
0: You won't at all from the. No, I don't think so. What the fuck? No, so I, weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how it works. It's just like over my head. That's the thing about crypto. Is like, I'm an artist. I'm not an engineer like i don't understand this shit so i don't know what to do about it uh, i've asked people they're not really sure what to do about it so you know i don't think i'll ever get paid out on it and whatever cost of doing business in the crypto space
0: right <laughs> yeah add it to the later base it's a write-off but i mean it that sucks i think like that is also one of the things that like just going back to like the clubhouse and like early days is that there were so many people around to like help and so many of the tools were creator focused that I don't even think a lot of us realize that like royalties and things were not like enforceable on chain we just kind of entered into these like social contracts and agreements with these platforms and with each other that we were going to like you know, do this thing. Like we were gonna continue to support each other's growth and get royalties and get everybody paid and everybody eats and all of that. And it kind of just, you know, you can see where it slowly starts to like unfurl and like unravel in a very yeah. interesting way. That's why I like tools like Manifold are amazing. I think in taking over, like why, I love Nifty Gateway, don't get me wrong, all respect, OpenSea, respect, whatever, whatever, not gonna build, like burn any bridges, but, why would you like use these tools besides like the marketing support or whatever when you can use your own tools and you can have real autonomy
1: oh a 100 percent. i mean like manifold is changing the game completely there's they and they're so selfless too yeah. like with all these drops that they're doing they're not asking for a percentage which blows my mind
0: it's crazy you know like you can it's literally
1: like, go and how? do an open edition right now <laughs> and manifold's like go here are the tools you don't have to pay us anything we're literally building this shit for you and you know like i don't like i haven't seen any other company in the space do that like the, the way that they're going about everything is like selfless and 100 percent for artists where most people are fucking predators in this space trying to exploit you know everybody at every single corner you know so i i can't say enough about manifold they are same you know it, they're amazing
0: they're amazing it shocks me some like still to this day like it's a good shocking but when i go on twitter and i see somebody that's like just deployed my first contract with manifold like this is amazing i'm like how is it just like how just like how are people still like i would never be releasing like i would never deploy a contract again through like open c or another platform like own everything like the tools are there i think you know there's just not like the good word needs to keep being spread like manifold is the fucking what is it that they say now the meta the alpha whatever like truly <laughs> it's truly it
1: they always have been you know always. from day one Always. i mean i remember you know eric who eric and richard who basically started manifold first nft was slime sunday of course
0: yeah um,
1: and, and <laughs> <you> know <laughs> having, <laughs> that, having that con- conversation with eric at the very beginning you know i saw his mind start to go and be like there's something here in this space and you know i think at that point they really just like dove in and start and, and the way that they approached it from the very beginning was all about how can we help artists and They've been fucking amazing since.
0: Amazing, love them. Okay, I want to ask you about something that we DM'd a little bit about, and it was like a conversation between me and Kitty a little bit. But I wanted to see if you like would be open to talking about like the Christies drop during Art Basel and kind of what like now that you've like it's been a little while and yeah. you've like processed that. Like what what happened there? Like what's the story?
1: Um, I think I, I was kind of having a hard time with the way things were going, um, during the drop. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, at one point I thought the piece wasn't going to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really, really bummed out about it. Like it was, I think the part of it that was difficult was how long the auction was. It was like seven days or something. Yeah. So like not seeing the work sell for seven days is really painful as an artist. It's like, this is my first Christie's auction. Yeah. It's not going to my expectations. I don't know. I the, the piece might actually pass at auction. Uh, so it was really like really hard for me to sit through that seven days and just watch no action going on. Um, but in the end, Mysterio, one of my collectors, came through and bought the piece, which was amazing and obviously made me feel a lot better about the situation. But you know, the market was Awful at the time, you know. Maybe the piece wasn't received as well. Maybe it was, uh, you know, like not the greatest piece I've ever made. And I thought it was I fucking something sick. Else, but by the way, yeah, it was just a different.
0: <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, thank,
1: thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what happened. Uh, I'm still, I still think about it and think about how things could have been better. But you know, we we move on from those situations. We learn from them, and next time we do better.
0: Well, what kind of my perspective was on it? Like my unsolicited opinion is like that I'm going to share because Wild have a podcast, right? Is that like when exactly. I say when I say like what happened like for me, like being a fan of you and your work, like being a friend, like being somebody who's been here and also like being somebody who's uh, who understands well enough that like I feel like an artist's dream would be to like land themselves at an auction with like Christie's or Sotheby's or whatever. Like, and to me, like it's the artist's responsibility to work toward that goal. Like be the artist that, you know, gets that gets brought on to like that that comes on to an auction with Christie's or Sotheby's. Like create the work that is invited to be a part of that show. Like on the other side of that, it's the Auction House's job, I think, to do, like their responsibility is to sell the piece, like is to, To you know- sell the work, yeah. Yeah, is to market and present the artist in their work to the standard of that institution and to the level that that institution, you know, sells artwork. And I think that that, to me, I was kind of like, who's, like somebody is not doing their job here. Like there is no reason why. (laughs) like there's not and and i think part of me like i questioned i was like is it the nft part like you know because this is an art show like this is an artist this is a piece of artwork like that had a physical as well right to me i just it it was confusing and hard to watch because i was like i really feel like in no disrespect like i was like they're Dropping the ball. And it felt a little bit like predatory again, of like continuing, you know, try to be all gung ho involved in NFTs and involved in crypto art. But are they doing their due diligence to like educate and inform and recruit their giant roster of collectors into like collecting digital art and NFTs? And I just, yeah, I just wanted to go in that rant about it.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, like the, for me, like when I did the show with Phillips, it felt, a lot more like i was showing off the physical work and that they were very involved in like you know they opened their gallery to me and let me put the work up and something about that felt amazing i don't know i i just really liked that experience with phillips and you know i'll remember that for for the rest of my life i don't know what the fuck happened with christie's but <laughs> yeah. um Obviously, I would love to do something that with them.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, I would love to do something with with Christie's again at some point. But, you know, maybe in a a better market condition. And, you know, maybe with, I don't know.
0: I think it just makes you realize. Yeah, (laughs) I think it makes you realize kind of like, what is the dream? Like, you know, when you see something up close, you're like, Oh, okay. Like, that's, that is what that is. Like, that's, I get it now and maybe that's not for me like maybe there are better places to put your attention like you know we still are like so early air quotes like it's true yeah. and and you know even the people that you're you're thinking are going to represent you and like support you to the best of their abilities like they are coming from these traditional art worlds and like the thing that they have to gain from NFTs is, is money like that in and making money off of you half of the artists like what we have to gain being here and like exploring in this space and innovating is like so much more than that like it's so much more than that so anyways that's my that's my end rant on that end rant there okay i, no, have... I
1: appreciate that that perspective
0: oh thank you good i'm glad somebody does <laughs> okay the last thing <laughs> the last like topic i want to cover before we wrap up is like I kind of purposely skip skipped over your like background story and like spending time elaborating on the things that I included in your bio because your story and your Art style and kind of your history is really well documented online so definitely people should go check it out but I do think like I want to talk about like sex positivity which of course like you are you explore in your work and I wanted to ask you what what does sex positivity mean to you and how is that manifested through your art
1: Well I started doing this type of art you know on Instagram where censorship became a daily occurrence like I would see people post images get censored and it'd be like upsetting to me I'm like why like why does this matter like why is a nipple so offensive and why can like why can a guy show their nipple and a girl can't show their nipple like where is like what the fuck is going on here so I started to like explore ways of tricking the you know AI or algorithm because for some reason you know the 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 algorithm would like spot female nipple and be like okay we'll censor this so my goal was to like take everything that's super sexual and collage it in a way that may get around these things that that it won't get censored so i started like playing this game with with the ai or the algorithm or whatever where i would like censor things in creative ways but you could still tell what was going on like very sexual images and For me, that was a way of like making it more commonplace, making it like cool, like people talking about these things, viewing these like sexually explicit images that maybe they would never look at in their life from like this crazy porn mag or something Um, and like turn it into like a piece of art that people would like look at on a daily basis and be like, oh, okay. Um, So that for me was just like fun. And I want more people to like be open about talking about these types of things because they're not. You know, like, what's the big fucking deal? We're humans, like, you know, nudity isn't that offensive. If you look, take it in a perspective of, you know, just, you know, nudity can be art. Yeah,
0: it is. It literally is. Like, what's that? There is, there was like a an art showcase or an exhibit or something that was like the percentage of art in the Met or something that is like, has naked women, like is, there's like loads, but like showing like female artists. And like when there's something about like time and place where things are accepted and like, it's almost like who made those rules? Like why is it like somewhere? Yeah. Go ahead.
1: I always say that like, you know women are more aesthetically pleasing to look at than men like this it's just true. a fact and you can see that <laughs> you can see that like in the history of of art in general it's like no one's like painting nude dudes because like i don't know like Nobody no one wants to, wants to look at that, that. women <laughs> are just more aesthetically pleasing yeah like and even in like if you go through like the history of advertising like no one is using men in advertisements like women are always used um, some people may say that that's a bad thing, but I look at it as a good thing. Like, you know, women are just genuinely more aesthetically pleasing and are better to use in art. Yeah.
0: So true. So I want to ask, I won't go into a tangent because I want I want to stay on time, hold myself accountable, but I wanted to ask two last things. So one, what's like the take now on Meta apparently is now going to allow female nipples on the platform? Imagine this is like a bit is like a double edged sword. Yeah, you'll test it, but it's double edged sword because you're like, okay, now you will do it. Now you'll do it after I I already struggled with you forever and ever. But yeah, so thoughts on that?
1: Well, now we'll just reverse censorship. Well, now we're just gonna show nipples and everything else around the image will be blurred. So you know, we'll we'll find a way to like hold meta accountable for for their statements
0: okay i love that also thoughts on did you see like the tweet it went like i don't know low-key viral about like and there's conversations about like using ai generated models to like overthrow like OnlyFans girls or whatever do you have any take on that
1: i didn't i didn't see that but i'm like i've i've always been outspoken about the way that ai is In this current state, and I'm not a fan of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's beneficial. I don't think AI right now is beneficial towards art. Like, it's pretty easy for somebody to hop on a computer Mm -hmm. and call themselves an artist within 30 minutes.
0: So true. And coming from the way that the
1: AI, (laughs) I mean, the way that the AI is trained is it's trained on previous artists' work. Mm -hmm. So it's not doing anything new. It's just recycling old work. In a way that anyone can type something in and you know frame themselves as I'm an artist now because I'm good at writing like prompts and stuff. So I don't like AI in the current state, and I don't think it should be used to like overthrow OnlyFans models. I think that's fucked up. So fucked um, up.
0: Be- <laughs> so fucked up. It's like what again? Why? <laughs> like why do you care? <laughs> like how women yeah. are making money or how people? Are yeah, making it's money. like
1: yeah that's fucked up and i'll look into it more i don't know what exactly is going on but anytime ai is like overthrowing humans i don't see it as a good thing
0: definitely not i mean i don't even think it's like possible like there is ai titties will never be real titties like just
1: no
0: never like (laughs) Like, honestly just that have you ever
1: seen ai hands yeah
0: they're horrible they're horrible i just i literally what the fuck is going on i just recorded i've i have on thursdays i have like news episodes that come out and i just talked about this in this one and i was like Okay. There's literally hands coming out of their, like these, like models heads. You can't tell me that that is like a new kink. Like we're going to be breeding like new kinks of like, <laughs> like orphaned body farts and, and like very weird things. Okay. I'm going to stop it there. Thank you so much. Um, so last thing you have a drop tomorrow, everybody that hears this probably will miss it they'll definitely miss it so sorry um i won't so people maybe i'll get an extra one and i'll give it away to somebody who listens to this but besides the drop uh tomorrow oh, uh, where else, where can people find you where can they find your work where can they find prints or that can they find your awesome stuff them where to keep up with you
1: i'm going to be a lot more active on instagram now because you know i'm trying to give back to those people because those are the original people that supported me from day one so yeah just follow me on instagram at slime sunday i'll be testing out meta's uh new statement and hold them accountable i'll be posting mad nipples
0: so many nipples
1: follow me there
0: (laughs) they like the free the nipple movement is over like slime sunday is like unleashing the nipple like just like a pandemic of nipples
1: I'm just going to post an image. of. I'm just going to post a collage of like 1000 nipples and see what happens.
0: Oh my God, that's beautiful. I will have that as a print as well. That will become my phone background for sure. My lock screen.
1: Okay, let's wait. go.
0: Okay, thank you so much. I'm so glad we did this. It's so fun chatting. I think you're a gem. You're so cool. Innovative, quite frankly even though you're awesome and wildly popular and successful, you're still massively underrated. So everybody should just know that like you're an icon. You're the best. Thank you. That's all. Thank I have to you. Say.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Carson. You're
0: welcome. Okay. i talk soon. This has been another devastatingly iconic episode of the Carson Daily show. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carson Daily and follow the show's dedicated Instagram at Carson Daily Show. And follow this podcast channel so you get new episode notifications. Please rate me five stars also so I can brag to my producers. And remember, you can't go a week in crypto without me. The Carson Daily Show is a decentral media production written by me and my better comedic half, James Carr, with music by Woody. See you next Tuesday. Bye.